Target Friends Show. coming to you live from my car. I'm pretty stoked about this because I want to talk to you guys about remote blogging. So it may seem like a strange place to be recording a podcast episode, especially since I am constantly telling everyone, if you're going to record a podcast, please get a professional uh, a professional microphone and do it at home and all that good stuff. But my plan is that I'm going to take this audio and put it into some sort of an AI program to kind of eliminate the white noise and or the background noise so that it's a crystal clear sounding episode. So hopefully in your ear holes, it will still sound good. That's, that's the plan. So hopefully it sounds good. And if it doesn't, I apologize. But like I said, I am recording this on the road. And the reason for that is because earlier this month, I'm recording this in August and this is supposed to come out on September 1st. Um, earlier this month, we set out on a cross-country road trip. The plan was to leave from our home in Kentucky to go up to New York. I wanted to uh, have a wonderful weekend in New York and in New Jersey because I am a K-pop fan. And Blackpink was going to be performing in New Jersey. And so then the very next day we were going to um, head over to New York and catch a Broadway musical. So that's exactly what we did. So we took off on a Wednesday and we went up north by way of Pennsylvania and Washington, D.C., I had never been to Washington, D.C., and I wanted to see the White House and the Capitol and all those things. So we went and saw all those things, and we saw at Philadelphia, I had a steak and cheese, because you don't call it a Philly steak and cheese when you're actually in Philadelphia. had a steak and cheese sandwich, and then uh, we went over to Maryland and had uh, crabs in Maryland, and then we finally ended up in New Jersey. So we got to see Blackpink. I'm a huge K-pop fan, and uh, we got to see Blackpink perform on a Saturday or excuse me on a Friday night we got to see Blackpink perform on a Friday night and then the next day we went into New York and we got to see Wicked my husband has never seen Wicked I did see it whenever I was um, working with the Tampa Bay bloggers I was fortunate enough to be given a ticket to watch the musical with my mother in Tampa as part of their performing um, like their tour of, of musicals and so we got to see it in Tampa but to see it live in New York there was just nothing like it I mean the 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 theater was amazing the it was it was just it was perfect and Blackpink in New Jersey live was everything I hoped it would be and more it was just a fantastic weekend then we finished the weekend out and made our way towards Salem because I wanted to go to Salem Massachusetts to be where the witches were for my birthday and have dinner and unfortunately, in the midst of getting there for my birthday, a family incident occurred, and basically we had to haul butt back to uh, to Kentucky, and it kind of thwarted our our travel plans. But nonetheless, during the entire time that we were on the on the road, which was only about a week, even though we had planned on a sixty day road trip, um, on that entire plan, or excuse me, on that entire work week, it was still a work week. Like uh, the entire time we were traveling, I was still able to work. And that's what I'm so jazzed about and why I want to talk about remote blogging. Because the cool thing about blogging and writing for a living is that I can do it from absolutely anywhere. I have done it in hotels. I have done it in hospital waiting rooms. I have done it in Starbucks. I've done it in McDonald's. I've done it in so many different locations. 
And I love the fact that I can work anywhere with Wi-Fi. I love the fact that if I'm given an assignment, as long as I can connect to the internet, I can do my research, write the post, and get it over to my client or onto my own website, depending on whether it's a sponsored post, an affiliate thing, or if I'm getting paid by a client to write for their own, for their website. And so that's what I want to talk about, basically. Remote blogging. What is it? How does it work? How, what do you need to be able to do it? And all those good things. So I hope that you will enjoy this episode. And again, like I said, I am recording from my car. So I apologize if the audio is not, is not as great as it has been in previous episodes. But I thought it would just really give you guys an idea of what it's like to work from the road. So let's dive into it. Okay, so let's talk about the things that you're going to need if you want to start remote blogging like I do. You're definitely going to need a laptop. I do know some people try to do this on their phone, but I don't know about you. I have way too difficult of time trying to type an entire article on my phone. It's much easier for me to actually have a laptop. The only exception to this would be if you have a tablet that you have a keyboard for. Now, most people don't. And so if that is your situation that you don't have a keyboard for a tablet, then I would, again, highly recommend that you use a laptop. Other things that you're going to need are an internet connection. Definitely need an internet connection because if you're having to submit articles on the road or remotely, then you have to have a way that you can actually submit them to your clients. Other things that I use that aren't exactly necessary, but that I highly recommend is I do have a podcasting microphone that I can bring with me. However, in this particular case, because I am mobile right now and don't have access to my, uh, since I don't have access to my podcasting microphone, I have a microphone headset that is plugged into my phone. So that's one way that you can still keep recording or doing, you know, if you have uh, interviews that you have to do or you know, client meetings, that kind of stuff. So I would definitely recommend having either a podcasting microphone and headphones or a, um, a headset that has both capabilities of headphones and microphone. Now, if you are going to be doing anything where you're going to have camera meetings, um, or excuse me, meetings with uh, clients on camera, then obviously another thing you're going to need is a webcam. Now, my laptop has a webcam built in, but not everybody has that. So if you don't have a webcam on your laptop or tablet, then you should definitely consider investing in one of those. So those are two additional things that you may not need. They may not be absolutely necessary, but I do find that they are very helpful in the event that you're going to have to have client meetings or interviews or if you do podcasting like I do. So other things that I would recommend is basically mostly software. So for all of the writing that I do, I use Google Docs. I know some people use like Microsoft Office products or um, even LibreOffice. If you don't subscribe to uh, purchasing those kinds of materials, you can use LibreOffice, which is an open source software that basically does a lot of the word processing and Excel file sheets. But the reason that I use Google Docs in place of it all is because I can access it remotely. I can access it on the cloud. It makes it really easy to submit articles to clients makes it really easy to get work updates and to do um, co- collaborative editing. So if I submit an article to a client, they can add comments directly in and then I can go in and make those updates you know, quickly. And um, there have been some projects that I've been working on where I have 
real-time editing that needs to happen where I'm collaborating with someone on screen where we're talking about the document and so we're able to work on it together in real time. So that's why I choose to use Google Docs, but you can use whatever works best for you in your own needs. So yeah, those are the big things is a tablet that has a keyboard or a laptop. Uh, you definitely want to get, you know, internet connection of some kind and you can either use uh, Wi-Fi that you can connect to remotely or if you don't have uh, any way to connect to Wi-Fi remotely, then I would definitely consider getting some sort of a mobile data plan to set up a hotspot so you can do that remotely. Other than that, uh, that's really the only products that I that I use that I need whenever I am on the road. Um, now, I do use my cell phone for things like taking pictures if I need to because there are some clients that want me to take pictures while I'm on the road. And so I, I sometimes will do that. But most of the time, I just use like stock photo stock photo sites like Pexels or Pixabay. I've also used Visual Hunt and Flickr. So I'll I'll leave uh, a full list of resources and things like that down in um, in the description box if you're interested in that. But those are the main things that I need whenever I am working remotely. In terms of podcasting, now I do do some podcasting as well, and so those kinds of products that I use or the kinds of products that I use for podcasting include but really aren't limited to i use cast magic to make um show notes make make quick work of doing show notes i use descript whenever i want to get that studio sound or i have you also used the adobe um oh goodness i'm blanking on it i've used the adobe sound enhance uh, the free ai that they have that re removes like all the background noise and all the stuff that you don't want to be hearing whenever you're trying to listen to a podcast. I also have used that. And other stuff I've used for podcasting is Audacity, which I have downloaded to my laptop. Um, other products, honestly, that's really it now that I'm thinking about it, because I use rss.com as my podcast host, and they also provide all of my transcripts to me for free. And so that's really all the products I use. I don't really use anything other than that. So those are the products that you'll need if you want to start doing podcasting and blogging remotely. Other stuff you may want to consider um, investing in if you haven't already is cloud storage. Now, I know that if you have, um, if you are a Google user, you can get 15 gigabytes of data for free if you have a Gmail account, but you can also pay additional fees to get even more storage. So those are the Reader's Digest versions of the things that I strongly recommend having if you are podcasting and blogging on the go. Next, let's get into um, how I get my clients. That is a common question I get pretty regularly. People ask me this all the time, especially if they're newly fired or newly looking for a new thing to do. They're trying to start the side hustle of beginning to be a writer, that kind of thing. I get this question all the time. Well, how do you find people that want to hire you? The reality is that when I began, I was working for newspapers and magazines before blogging. And so what I started doing is I literally reached out to every person that I found that was in newspapers and magazines and asked them if I could write for them. The reality of that, though, is that these days that won't work. If you do a cold pitch, all you're going to do is annoy somebody. It's not like the old days where you could call someone up on the phone and say, hey, I saw you write cool stuff and I want to write for you too. 
Unfortunately, it just doesn't work like that anymore. So these days, what I do when I'm looking for clients is I start looking for their content. I start looking for the kind of content that I want to write. I will really go through all the different websites that I normally engage with, and I start actually engaging with the writers. I will repost the stuff that they're writing about. I will comment on it with actually good comments. So what's a good comment? A good comment is something more than a little sentence that says, hey, this was a great post. Instead, I will say what I liked about the post, what I enjoyed reading, why I think it was so good. And I give like a thoughtful response rather than just a two sentence, hey, this was cool. You should write more. Because the truth is, if you start putting those kinds of comments on people's websites, they can tell that you don't really care that you're not actually engaging with the content. Even if you did read the whole thing, if you write something so simple like a great stuff or great content or your website should be seen more, people don't believe that you're an authentic commenter. So you want to really start engaging with the content. And I would say you need to be regularly engaging with people. I'd Honestly, I feel like, you know that whole thing where you have to see someone seven times before they want to buy from you? I would say you need to be engaging with them for a couple of weeks, maybe even a month. Engage with them on Twitter. Engage with them, or excuse me, not Twitter, X now, RIP Twitter. You need to engage with them on LinkedIn. Engage with them on social media. From and Engage with them on Facebook. Engage with them on Instagram. All the things. And yes, I know it's going to take time. It's, it's going to take time. And I mean, that's the unfortunate truth about it is if you're trying to get quick money, it's not always going to be as easy, especially if you want specific things that you're writing for. So while you can go onto a website like Fiverr or Upwork and start, you know, doing the pitches and doing all those things, if you're trying to get the type of writing content that you really, really are jazzed about, I would honestly say that it's better to start engaging with websites directly because not only do you show that you really care about the the person who's writing this stuff or the the um, website owner that is putting this kind of content online, you'll probably get higher rates. Um, you'll probably be able to actually get a person, an actual contact that you can engage with, um, that you can communicate with. Because here's the thing. A lot of people don't really talk about this very much. They just talk about, well, if you go on Fiverr and you go on Upwork, you make you can make money. And yes, that is true. But the, both of those websites, although I have used both of them, and I do admit that both of them are awesome to be able to quickly start hitting the round running and getting clips, both of those sites take a big commission from you. For example, Fiverr, I think, still takes 20% of whatever you make, and Upwork, they take 20% until you reach a certain amount of money with each client. So I, I will say that I'm at the point now where one of my clients is still on Upwork and I am still making really decent money with them. But, you know, it's important to think about how much money you're going to be enjoying at the end of the day. And that's why I do like working with clients directly when I can. So th that's kind of what I would say is if you're trying to do it quickly and you don't care about the content that you're writing, sure, go for all of those freelance websites and bust your hump and write as much as you can, get as many clips as you can, all that good stuff. But I kind of feel like the the better approach is to actually engage with someone and read their content, get get used to talking with them, engaging with them, and trying to form relationships. Because 
that's the big thing that keeps coming up every time I talk to different website owners is that they want to actually build relationships with the people that they are working with. And so most of the clients that I have nowadays are people that I have been working with for a long time or they were referred or I was referred to them from a client that I've been working with. And so, yes, I do recognize that that's, you know, something that over time you'll have to just start doing is, is building a network and not everybody can do that right out the gate. And it did take me a long time. I'm not going to say to you that I was making full-time income right away. It took me a really long time to build up to the level of clients that I have now where I can comfortably earn an income and, you know, pay my bills. So there was a lot of times where I had to take side hustles. I had to take side gigs. I had to do some writing that I didn't want to. Some writing that I was really grateful was ghostwriting because I didn't want anyone to know that it was mine in the first place. But all the while, I was continuing to put things on my own website, continuing to reach out to people, continuing to try to build my network. And that's something that if you really are serious about doing remote blogging, you're going to have to start doing. So that's that's kind of the Reader's Digest version of, let me take that back. That's the long-winded answer to how I find my clients. And I will leave some... Um, I'll leave some stuff in the show notes, some resources about how to find clients if you're looking for them. And there's definitely some people that you should follow if you're trying to become a remote blogger yourself. For example, some of the people that I follow that I absolutely love is Alexander Fasulo. She's known as the Fiverr Millionaire. She's also known as the Freelance Fairy. She has some amazing content that you can get for free about how to be a freelance writer that works from anywhere. Um, create and go is another amazing resource that you can find all kinds of stuff about how to be a blogger. And I will say this, I know that a lot of people, they want to start immediately like buying all these courses and doing all these things, but try to consume as much free content as you can first, because the whole point of trying to make money and remote blog is that you want to actually make money, not be spending money. And I don't want you to get into the cycle that many people that I see get into, which is what I like to call procrastinate learning. I, lear I learned that, um, that phrase from Denise Duffield Thomas. I talk about her a lot. I absolutely love this woman. She's my money mentor. I'm in her money boot camp. I read all her books. I love this woman so much. So she talks about it, procrastinate planning and procrastinate learning, where instead of doing the things that you need to do that actually move the needle in your business, you waste a bunch of time learning stuff or planning stuff instead of actually doing the things you need to do. So I'll leave in the show notes um, some more people that you should be following if you want to learn how they go about doing it. Because I know that I'm not just the only person who is looking for clients or has built up a network. Obviously, there's there's hundreds of thousands of us across the United States. But the people that I really admire and that I think that you should follow, I will leave in the show notes. So the next thing I want to get into is challenges that I have had while trying to remote work remote blog. And I'm sure that you can already guess that the number one thing is when the internet goes out. That is the absolute worst thing that happens. Because um, when you can't get online, you can't do your work. And so I always try to give myself buffers anywhere that I can. For example, if someone gives me an assignment, I try to instill a three, three business day rule where they have to give me three full business days to write the piece. And the reason that I do that is because if I am on the road or if anything is going on in my life or if I already have a very full queue, I don't want people to think that they can get instant access to me or that they can get instant writing done from me. I do offer rush fees if there's, you know, extenuating circumstances where someone really needs to get something immediately. 
But for the most part, the reason I give myself that three-day window is because you never know what's going to be going on. So that's that's a big challenge that I would highly recommend you you set boundaries for. So it's kind of like my solution to said challenge. Another challenge that has come up is where um, the client doesn't want to give me the information about what exactly it is they're looking for. And the solution to that is really just you've got to communicate. You've got to tell them, you know, hey, if you want me to write this piece and you want me to write it well, we need to talk about it. We need to talk about exactly what it is you want, how you want me to do it. Give me the keywords you're looking for. Give me the resources that you want me to use as my research, that kind of thing. So it's really all about communicating. Other things that have gone wrong, (laughs) and this is usually when I'm not writing on Google Docs, and I say that because that's really the only time that... um, that it has happened. This is when I'm not using Google Docs, when I'm using Word on my laptop. I have actually had entire articles completely disappear. Now, grant you, I know that that can be mitigated by hitting save often, but let's face it, when you're on a roll and you're excited about what you're writing, it is far too easy to forget to hit the save button. And that's the other reason I love writing on Google Docs is it auto saves as I'm writing. So that's another reason that I would just say, like, if you want to be a writer, please, for the love of all things holy, use Google Docs or some kind of an online um, word processing program that is automatically saving as you're writing because there's nothing worse than writing an amazing article only to forget to save it, accidentally close it, and then you've lost it all. Or your computer shuts down and you can't get it back. I mean, I know there's autosave and things like that, but it does happen and it has happened to me and I don't want it to happen to you. Um... Another thing that's happened, and I, I, it goes back to making sure you're communicating with your clients, is you have to find out what time zone they're in. So if you think you have until midnight Eastern Standard Time to submit something, but they were expecting it, you know, some other time, like let's say they're in India and they're 12 hours ahead of you or whatever, you need to know what time zone they're in. So that's, that's another thing just about communicating because I actually do have some clients that are in other countries. And so if I don't know what time they're expecting to either meet with me on Zoom to discuss stuff or they don't know um, or we don't have a a firm grasp on what we were both thinking in terms of when I'm going to submit something, it can cause some conflict. And the last thing you want is to piss a client off because of the fact that you guys didn't have your ducks in a row. So that's just some of the challenges and solutions. And I'm sure there's more that I'm not thinking of. So what I'd like you to do is if you have some questions about remote blogging and I didn't address them in this um, in this episode, please tweet me at Ashley is Famous or find me on Instagram or Facebook. I'm at Famous Ashley Grant on both of those. And if you have questions about, um, you know, anything related to remote blogging, I would love to answer them because I get I, I get a kick out of helping people and and I want to help people in any way that I can. And I'm sure that there's a lot that's going to come to me as soon as I'm finished recording. And so as that happens, I will add some stuff to the show notes. All my show notes are going to be available at famousashagrant.com backslash podcast. And you'll look for the Bloggy Friends show on that link. And just find the episode all about remote blogging. And you can find everything that you could possibly want to know that I'm going to be sharing and updating as time goes on. So I hope this was helpful. I know it was a little bit meals and it's a little awkward that it was, you know, being done remotely, but I was trying to be authentic and show you guys, you know, all about what really goes on in my life. So I I really hope you found this helpful. And if you did, please feel free to share it with a friend. And if you didn't, give me, give me a tweet. Tell me why. Tell me what I missed. Tell me what you'd want to hear. 
And I really hope that more of you consider looking for remote positions and things that you can do because the the truth is nobody should be loyal to any company. They should only be loyal to themselves because if I've learned anything from being laid off from different positions over the years, it's that a company will fire you faster than a heart attack. So they don't care about you. They care about their bottom lines. And it's sad, but it's true. But we have to keep that in mind. And I just hope that more people will start, you know, choosing themselves. In fact, that's a book that I'm going to leave in the show notes, Choose Yourself by James Altucher. It's one of the big reasons that I decided that I wanted to work for myself and have clients so that I have to be fired like eight times before I lose all my income completely. Another book that I'm going to leave in the show notes is The Suitcase Entrepreneur by Natalie Sisson. It's a fantastic book that I highly recommend. It's kind of what got me jazzed about the idea of working from anywhere with Wi-Fi. And finally, the books that I will also leave in the show notes are Get Rich, Lucky Bitch and Chillpreneur by Denise Duffield-Thomas. It's great if you want to learn about mindset in business and learn the more chill way to prosper. So I, I really enjoyed this episode. I hope you did too. And I look forward to the next one. And I will talk to you guys real soon. Well, my bloggy friends, I hope you enjoyed all the insights our guests had to share with you. To get the show notes for this and all episodes, go over to famousashleygrant.com backslash podcast. And until next time, may your page fees be high and your bounce rate be low.